Hello everyone, it's cold and wet outside, but it's warm and safe inside here with another episode of The Semicast. My name is David Shack, and I'm here with Anthony Murphy, who's ready to whisk us away from the cold and wet into the warmth of... Jelly beans and coffee. That's pretty warm and fun. Mm. That's the opposite of just raining and wet outside and windy. Not the best food for podcasting, but sure, jelly beans and coffee. That's a pretty good food for anything, jelly beans and coffee. You can have that at mm. any time. Only because I ran out of biscuits. Actually, biscuits would be really bad food for podcasting. Yeah, biscuits and um, just chips. apples. Apples and chips. Yeah. Apples you can kind of get away with because it's a muted sound, but biscuits, like there's, unless they're just soft biscuits, there's no... What are those biscuits that are like... Um, mashed sort of sultana and spices covered oh yeah with yeah biscuit. yeah um because they're soft biscuits they are and there's also another one which are the fruit pillows which are a favorite yep. of mine apparently they're like a fig newton in the states yeah so i think this is kind of like a fig newton but i'm struggling because i really used to like these biscuits and i'm struggling to recall what they're called uh, i had one the other day because there was one at work really? and i ate one but they were just in a jar so that there was no label i just looked at them and went hey i like them yeah I'm a big fan of jam fancies, which Ooh. aren't uh, are they sort fancy? Of a, they, yeah, they're, they're very fancy. They're a soft biscuit as well, so maybe you could do biscuits. It just depends on your biscuit type. Should we do a test? Should we each get some soft biscuits <laughs> and try the Possibly. find the ones that are the quietest to eat on the mic? That'd probably be as horrible a, for everyone else. As a result of my dieting, I've discovered that any time you add chocolate to a biscuit, it just throws like how much you should eat to stay within your limits are completely out the window. Which is bad because I really, really like a mint slice and I really, mm. really like a chocolate teddy bear biscuit. There's something about the chocolate that they put on those biscuits that is just just a little bit yeah. better when it's just sitting on a block. Aldi makes a pretty good knockoff mint, mint slice if you ever want to- I can't eat. have a knockoff mint slice. You can't have a knockoff? I was very upset one day when- I couldn't find the mint slices at Coles and I could only find the Coles brand mint slices. And I thought that Coles were up to their old tricks of just taking away a product mm. and putting a replacement product that was not nearly as good. I have eaten a knockoff mint slice by accident and I didn't know that it was a knockoff mint slice, but I knew something oh. was up and I had to question the person. <laughs> is this, this isn't a mint slice, is it? Because it looks like a mint slice, but it definitely doesn't taste like one. And it wasn't. Yeah. My taste buds are that tuned that I can right. pick up a, a knockoff mint slice. Woolworths make a thing called like a honeycomb crunch that is like, it's not a knockoff. There's no equivalent. Oh, okay. Really like those. So, they're just like a unique brand. So, Arnott's haven't even yeah. knocked them off backwards, I suppose. I think it might be a fruit pillow, but might be the ones that you were talking about, but I'm pretty sure they had another name. Uh, yeah, those were the ones I was thinking of, but I do know that the flat ones, and they're more like a sandwich rather than a pillow. You wouldn't get too much right. sleep on a or one of those ones. No, I think this one's sort of like a pillow. I think this is the one I was talking about. Okay. I like a caramel crown as well. Yeah. I couldn't um, find those for a while. Yeah, jam fancies. I was partial to Venetians for a while. But what's as a long Venetian? As have, it's kind of covered with a- What's that donut place in the from the US that opened up here Krispy Kreme? Yeah, they kind of like got a Krispy Kreme-ish type frosting on it. Okay. It's just a biscuit with some sultanas in it. I could take or leave the sultanas, actually. No, yeah. If you yeah. really, really well, want to get right down to it. In those ones in particular or in the fruit pillows? Because the fruit pillows, that's pretty much what's inside them. No, the fruit pillows have to have sultanas, but these ones I can take it or leave it. Okay. What about TikTok? Uh, yeah, TikToks were always good. I used to like pink ones when I was a kid, but now I've come to realize there's no taste difference. No, it's just sugar. It's yeah, just and sugar would- and the appearance of color. 
I would hold them on my tongue uh, with the sugary side facing downwards until it basically just melted or evaporated <laughs> or whatever that does. And then you went, it's time like, for eating. Yeah, it's time to eat this now. Um, what else is good? I like a TV snack, yep. but the shaped TV snacks, not the stick ones that they've introduced as part of the TV snack range, which I was quite taken aback when I was, hey, let's get some TV snacks. And someone said, yes, let's absolutely get some TV snacks. And they brought either those little square ones out or the little yep. long ones. It's like, these aren't TV snacks. TV snacks are the triangle and the square and that weird mm. shape. It's not really a shape. And they're like mini chocolate teddy bear biscuits. Mm, so, I'm going to go one step further. And yeah. for a while, they had, uh, in a red box, they had TV snacks that were just chocolate-covered wafer bites. And I really like those. I could go through them in a whole evening of playing video games. Uh, and then they just took them away. Were they a special edition TV snack or were they- No, they were there regularly for a couple of years. Whenever we'd play video games with Gav, I would go and grab a box of those and a, and a Jolt Cola. Much much to forty year old Anthony is now really mad at sixteen year old Anthony for that. Sixteen year old Anthony still doesn't give a fuck though. No, he doesn't. <laughs> so I got, I've got video games to play. I need to be fueled up. Is the Jolt Cola still around? Uh maybe. I reckon uh, you could probably find it somewhere. Yeah, probably. It's not the same as just being able to go to Seven Eleven and buy it. No, I think it's probably just one of those specialty candy stores. Um, back in uh, Newport where. I grew up, there is a, a full, like, double-fronted, b- fairly big store that just sells chocolate and candy and oh, yeah. just all bad stuff. You go in there and you get diabetes just from just walking through the right. front door. The little bell mm. goes, and that's not a signature that someone's walked through the door. <laughs> it's the signature that, no, no, you're now gaining weight. That's your blood sugar peaking. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's, like, it's, it's just the machine going, ding, ding. Get out, get out. So, I've got a tip for- um, I've just eaten a jelly bean. Yeah. I've got a tip for everyone who's on a diet. Tries to eat jelly beans? Rec- yeah. Well, the jelly beans are a tip too, but the malta milk biscuits, the plain ones from Arnott's- They're great. Yeah, they taste pretty good with a coffee, uh, but they're so small that uh, if you just have one biscuit, it's like 180 kilojoules, which is- you know, a lot less than a Tim Tam, a lot less than any of this other stuff. I mean, it's not as good as a Tim Tam or a chocolate teddy bear or anything, but- if you just need a biscuit, having one of those, you can quite easily fit one in. I can't just have one of those. That's the problem. It's not how many each individually they have. It's how many that like my mouth needs to feel like it's had enough biscuits. Well, in that case, if the recommended serving is three at once. so Okay. Well, that's, I can probably eat, just stack three together and eat three at once. Yeah. But then, you, then you're getting up to 400 kilojoules, you know, per serving. That's a snack, isn't it? It's like uh, a handful of nuts. Yeah. Yeah, it depends. So, 10 uh, Jelly Belly jelly beans is like 190 kilojoules, so that's another good snack as well, I've found. Do you, when you're approaching the Jelly Belly, do you just go random? Do you just go different flavours or do you I used try to, to create a flavour profile? And now I just go random because otherwise you just end up with all the ones you don't like at the end. Yeah, and then you just give those to guests when they come over. Going, hey, <laughs> I've got some new Jelly Bellies. And everyone's yeah. always excited for some Jelly Bellies because they all think that they're really fancy, but realistically, yep. they're just all the- the lime and apple ones that you don't want. The lime and apple I'm okay with. The cinnamon one I don't like. That's Yeah, that's my daughter had much. one of those cinnamon ones when you were over last and she <laughs> wasn't really happy about it. <laughs> yeah. She's screwing her face up going, oh, this is something wrong with this thing. So no, that's cinnamon. Welcome <laughs> to Jelly is, Bellies. Com- that is completely uh, accurate. Yes. But I also like a ched if we want to go into savoury biscuits. Oh, yeah. I used to have to go up and buy cheds for a guy when I started, like, working for the first time. Is that even though it wasn't my job, I would still go up and get biscuits for him. That was your first lowly I'm a junior job was to go buy cheds. 
but it meant that I wasn't actually at work. It meant I was out in the street walking around. So you could take your time, get some cheds? Yeah, take my time getting some cheds. So, hey, man, these cheds, they took a while to get. Had to beat up yep. a couple of people. It was all right. Good news as well. Kingston's are 281 kilojoules. So oh, there we go. They're sort of on the low side of if you really want something with a bit of chocolate in it. What's your opinion of the iced Vovo? Uh, I don't mind the iced Vovo. Because I actually found that there were two different styles of iced Vovo. They were the really fluffy ones, and they're the ones that feel like that they're more compressed. Really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm not sure which ones are the official iced Vovo and which ones are the knockoff iced Vovo. All I know is so, that I like the fluffy ones, the fluffy is marshmallow. Is it the same one, but one the package has just been squashed on one of them? Or I could have been. It's been so long since I've had one. I just remember I used to eat the fluffy ones at my nana's house mm. and then I went somewhere else and they was like, do you want an ice Vovo? And I was like, damn fucking straight, I want an ice Vovo. I mean, I was probably like 10, so I, I probably didn't go damn fucking yeah. straight. I would Sh- like coconut and sugar and jam things. But they brought them out and they were like really flat and I just wasn't sure whether they were out of date or that was just the official ice Vovo and I was just getting a knockoff or vice versa. I'm looking at a picture and they look pretty flat. I don't know, maybe they've changed since, um, since you're a kid. I don't know. So, the jam fancies, they're the ones with the big lot of jam in the middle and just, like, the rippled outside. Yeah, yeah. What are the ones that are, they're like a sandwich, but they've got a hole in the middle and they're a bit sugary? With, and, a and sandwich, can... but they've got a hole in the middle? You mean the ones that, like, that have jam in the middle and- Yeah, but there's a little shape in right in the centre. So, it looks like a big flat donut, but the bottom's solid, but the, the top's got a hole. That's definitely a jam fancy. Is it? Um, is they're not actually made by Arnott's, though. They're made by somebody else. But Arnott's have their own sort of- Oh, I'm thinking sort of, of something else, then, that I was thinking of for jam fancies. Yeah. I'm actually on the Arnott's website now trying to- I think it's the jam tart biscuits. <laughs> ah, raspberry shortcake. Yes, those are the ones. I used to have those a lot. That's the one that uh, is circular and has a circle in the middle with the jam in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the edges are kind of ruffled, I guess. Yeah. So those and it's ones. got sugar, sugar sprinkled on top. Are they a jam tartlet? Uh, they're a raspberry shortcake. A raspberry shortcake. So what yeah, are the ones- The jam fancies are superior to that. Oh, no, absolutely. They're great. And now I want some yeah. and I don't have any. <laughs> All I have is a mineral water. I don't even You're have my whiskey well. because we're recording this in the middle of the day and I didn't think it was kind of appropriate for me to get my usual <laughs> podcast drink of a whiskey this early because I actually do have to go yeah. out after this. So just mineral water. You got straight, David, not- um, just a little bit drunk happy. David. <laughs> drunk, just, you know, willing to happy. go there, I suppose. <laughs> well, look, I'm just going to come out and say that uh, I've had a couple of comments on last week's podcast to say that we spent probably a little bit too much time talking about wrestling. And I just think that out there, there's some people who listen to the podcast that probably aren't wrestling fans. And no. I've had some comments of people who are skipping over a couple of sections because it's wrestling. Well, there you go. Here's a bunch of biscuit talk for all the people yep. who don't like wrestling. And just to just to put a lid on the biscuit talk, if you really want to go the worst possible biscuit you can have for your health, uh, an original wagon wheel. Oh yeah, and has Eight, to be the- 864 And it has to be the big one as well. It can't be those little tiny wagon wheels. No, no, wagon wheel minis are, are half the four hundred and forty two kilojoules. Really, they've actually gone and gone. This is going to be exactly half. Mm. Okay, well, almost, almost exactly half. They look a little bit smaller, but I think that's just because it circles rather than. You know. Mm. Like a half, like a semicircle. I used to enjoy wagon wheels. I would buy one from the um, the milk bar every now and then. Uh, I used to buy them from the canteen at school. Ah. It was either a, a wagon wheel or they used to have buttered half toasted rolls. So you used to be mm. able to get a buttered roll, which was- What did you put in it? No, it was just that they would give you a half, it was like a half a roll with butter, 
that they would put in the oven to crisp up. Right. And it was just that. No cheese or anything like no, that? No, just butter and a roll. Right. <laughs> that was enough carbs to get you to run around a lot. <laughs> just say Jeez, you'd, be sh- you'd, be, you'd be shot offering that to school kids these days. I know. It's just- Here, spoon some lard on top of this carbohydrates and eat it. Why don't you stick a wagon wheel on top? <laughs> Done. Deep fried wagon wheel. It's just the early break uh, hamburger could have been two of those rolls with a wagon wheel in the middle. <laughs> and then you'd go yeah, back at lunchtime yeah. and get your two rolls with the meat. And then you'd just have a hamburger diet. So, for your salad, would you maybe get some redskins and put it on top of the wagon wheel or yeah, something? Yeah, it'd be uh, redskins and those mint leaves. There you go. <laughs> See, now that we've pushed it this far, we have to find a replacement for the rolls, which is probably going to be donuts. Oh, yeah, donuts. And you just and slice the donut in half. What we would call a sweet burger. <laughs> I'm going to make one and then we're going to eat one and then we're going to actually see how good we are at culinary expertise. How good we are at <laughs> gauging our blood sugar levels. After yeah, yeah. That. And then we're going to pitch it to the school system and see if they'll take it for- um, I think redskins might be a little bit too hard on the teeth, though. We all might right, need to okay. find a replacement for redskins. Just jam? Just squirting some jam in there as sauce? Yeah, okay, sure. What about red and green frogs, maybe? Yeah, you could do that. Or you could do uh, red rope licorice is another one. Yeah, okay. Which I actually found out the other day that licorice is basically just flour. It's flour and just some flavor. Wouldn't it be gelatin? No. Because no? it was like pretty much 100% gluten. Right. I offered one to <laughs> someone who was gluten intolerant and they just looked at me and I'm like, what? It's a licorice. And like, read the ingredients. So, I'm like, okay. First ingredient, gluten. <laughs> Okay, sorry. We're missing a real, a real good marketing opportunity for people who are sick of. Um, so my aunt and my cousin are actually celiac. Yep. So they really can't have gluten. They've been diagnosed by a doctor. They've been dealing with it for years. But sort of then it comes along that other people kind of make their sickness a lifestyle choice, which which kind of makes me annoyed. Um, so there's a backlash against people who only eat gluten free for a lifestyle choice, and they miss the marketing opportunity with the licorice, where they could just put 100 percent gluten on the front. Yeah, well, actually, I was at a um, a Chinese, uh, more like an Asian grocer's, and I was looking for some chili sauce. You're and- looking for some uh, ramune. Yeah, and they sold, and I do have a picture of it. And if I can find it, I'm going to use it as the image for the podcast. But they had a product just called Gluten Balls. They were just not even trying to hide what it was. <laughs> they were just round things. And the name of the product, I shit you not, was just gluten balls. <laughs> You're lucky I hadn't drunk my coffee yet. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> so, um, I like how they're just going to like, I don't care. You're going to fucking die if you eat these. <laughs> M- MSG and gluten balls. Yeah, we tried to get all the gluten and stick all of the gluten inside. So, yeah. Well, that's the most of the problem with stuff that's bad for you is people say that their advertising hides it, that they say they have it like yogurt that's loaded with sugar and they say 99% fat free when it's not the fat that gets you, it's the sugar. Whereas yeah. if they'd just come out and said, this is full of sugar, then, you know, maybe people would be a little bit more tolerant of them saying, well, they did come out and tell us it's full of sugar. And the people who want sugar would say, that's what I'm getting right there, the one that's full of sugar. Yeah. I mean, I've always wanted to open up a burger joint and just all the advertising just be about how bad the burgers are for you. Just- there is actually a burger joint in the US that has that. Oh, is there? Oh, well. Yeah. That- I'm glad two, someone's two doing people it. Have had, two people have had heart attacks eating there. Right. Okay. Just an ad that said, look, we wouldn't even put this in our mouths, but you can try it if you want. That's not just restricted to burgers. No, that's <clears> um, you, that ad could be probably be for a lot of things. All right. Well- how are the jelly beans going? Have you finished them all yet? No, we have. I started with 20. Yes. 
And I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine left. All right, we'll check on with you yeah. as we go along and see how many you've gotten left. I have sort of picked out all the flavors I like and already eaten them, though. So. All right, so it's just downhill from here. It's just going to be cranky, yep. Anthony. <laughs> well, give it half an hour when the sugar crash hits. And all right. I don't want to talk about video games. Oh, well, it's too late. We're already in. So what have you been playing, the video games? Let's get you before you hit the, the sugar <laughs> crash. Let's, um, let's talk some fun about some games before we get into the shit. Uh, I actually finished The Witcher 3. Hey! Awesome. Yeah. Finally. Like, I don't, actually, I haven't even checked. Let's see how much I'm in for on, on Steam. Um, so is that just the main game or is that the yeah, DLC just the main as well? Game. Uh, 112 hours. That's all right. That's about roughly how much I expected The Witcher to be. I'm only I got 20 50% hours in. of the way through going all, through all of the like question marks on the map that show you where treasures are and yeah, just yeah. said, screw this, I'm not doing this anymore. Well, I think that was my problem in the first level, which I'm only in the first major area, that there's just a mm. ton of question marks and I'm just really methodically going through them all and kind of going, okay, yeah, I'll save your daughter from this monster over here and I'll pick up your three leaves and give those to you. And I just, I think at some point I just got to mainline the story and just follow are some of Are you still in uh, White Orchard? Yeah. Which is- Right, so that's like that's like the tutorial area. Oh wait, no, I've, I'm in the first big area. So Velen. Yes, that sounds about right. Yeah, it's been a while since a lot I played of war, it. I can't remember. And there's big cities. Yeah, yeah, there's big cities. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm Velen. in the city. I've just met Triss again. Yep, there's another area almost as big as that. <laughs> in addition, <laughs> great. And then there's two DLCs which are probably as big. Well, the first DLC takes part in the area you're in at the moment, or takes place, I guess, in the area you're in at the moment. Okay. And the second one adds um, an area. The DLC is a little bit more interesting um, than the main game because the main game they kind of have to commit to answering questions about what's been happening for the past two games and wrapping things up. Uh, But for the DLCs, it's kind of they can sort of just indulge themselves and tell sort of weird stories. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, the first DLC, the guy who's the main guy is obviously a bad guy, but he's also functionally immortal. So what does Geralt do? in this situation to deal with someone like that. Stick him in a fire and don't let him out. <laughs> yeah, he's also got a large group of people around him, so someone will let him out eventually. Okay. It stood in very stark contrast to Mass Effect Andromeda for me, like the end of the game and seeing all these people and and seeing the, you know, you see on, on Geralt's face when sort of bad stuff is going to happen to Ciri or she's making difficult decisions that sort of he as a father figure is kind of pained by it. Yeah. And it sort of stood in stark contrast to happy fun time, weird facial expression, Mass Effect Andromeda. <laughs> and I don't know if it's because, uh, like, I've replayed the first two Witcher games and I've read uh, at least three or four of the books, yeah, um, whether yeah. or not it's because I'm already invested in these characters or if it's because this is actually a better game and it's better animated. and Yeah, probably. I mean, it's probably a mixture of those things because, I mean, hmm. you've played the first three Mass Effect games, but they've really got no bearing on the current story. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, this see, then, and this is the third Witcher. Does it wrap up well? Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. So it's better than uh, Mass Effect 3 then. Yeah. It's one of those things where you're kind of making decisions as you go through the game without knowing, and that informs the ending that you get. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was quite happy with my ending. Cool. Yeah. Are you diving straight into the DLC? Are you gonna I did, yes. Oh, okay, um, cool. I discovered about, because, <laughs> like, I, I was in literally the last quest, and even that was about, geez, eight hours. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. The last quest was longer than some games. <laughs> um, and so at the end of that, I was well ready for more Witcher because I, I give had a big break and only played eight hours. So yeah, yeah. 
you know, I was building all of the unique armor sets and things like that. And and the only thing I didn't do is I didn't do the horse racing quest. I didn't do the Gwent quest. So I bounced pretty hard off Gwent, which is the card game. You're not into Gwent? No. You're not going to be running um, out to buy the standalone Gwent game that's being released? No. Uh, it's already out, actually. Oh, is it? No, oh, I don't, don't cool. really have, have much interest in it. So, yeah. I think I've done one of the horse racing things and I was like, okay, I know how to horse race. Yeah, so the DLC certainly seems interesting. I'm interested in the first DLC because it brings back Shani from the first Witcher. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> the second DLC takes you to uh, Toussaint, which is kind of like a, 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 a sort of a, a much nicer, more chivalrous land than what the Witcher takes place in. But it seems to heavily imply that a character from the books called Regis, who's a vampire, returns. Okay. Uh, he's a bit of a fan favorite. So he's not in any of the games, though. He's just no. Part he's of the book dead um, at the start of the games. Okay, but then again, Geralt's supposed to be dead as well. So, so yeah, really, really good game. Awesome. I am going to eventually get back into it, but I just can't even get through the games I'm playing at the moment. Mm. Uh, is that all I'm you've been doing? Just, uh, just mainlining some Witcher. Uh, I mainlined some Witcher, uh, and I bought because the Zaktronics sale was on this weekend. I bought Infinifactory. Which is a game where um, you seem to be some kind of foreman or factory designer because you're driving along in your car at night and you know you're like a foreman or a factory designer because there's plans and a hard hat on the seat next to you ah. and you're abducted, you're abducted by aliens and they force you to build fact- factories to make stuff for them. Even abducted by aliens, you're still a foreman. They still put you to work. Yep. Oh. Um, the story's kind of told you find other people who have um, come before you and have not done as well and you find sort of their bodies and they've got audio logs on them. Yeah, it's a little bit, it's sort of a, it sounds grim, but it's kind of tongue-in-cheek humour, like the aliens kind of look like big sort of beefy Vogon, like Douglas Adams aliens. Yeah, yeah. And there's a scene where, uh, I don't know if you meet the leader or something, but he just comes down in this levitating seat and there's like spotlights going around and also, and like banners coming down and he just says some stuff and you've got no idea what he says because you don't speak the language and he just goes away. that, (laughs) That was fun. And then they put you in your sleeping quarters where you get all your missions and there's like a bin or a basin and then there's a shoot in the ceiling where like food pellets come out for you. <laughs> they are treating you like this a lowly weird, but, um, yeah, it's fun. worker. Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah, I've only done the first couple of missions on that and it's kind of scratching the same type of itches like um, Space Chem or something like that where you're building yeah, yeah. a system to do things and you're trying to make it more... Uh, What's the thing where something doesn't consume as much resources? Uh, uh, Optimised. Efficient. Optimized. Optimized. Yes, yeah. that's it. Both of those. Damn English Yeah, so language. that's Infinifactory. Cool. That's really all I've been playing. I saw you streaming out a couple of things yeah. last night. I think we're going to be talking about those in news, though. That's okay. Yeah, we'll talk about those later. Uh, I haven't been playing too much, although maybe I have, because I've been playing a game called Everything. So there you go. I've been playing Everything. Well. Don't have to play anything else no. now. And I've even done a video on everything, so I can put that up on the site, and then we have just cl- have to close up shop, basically. All uh, done. Yep. Games are over. Yeah. Oh, well. They finally did it. Uh, everything is a weird game. It was published by Double Fine, and it's kind oh, yeah. of like- It reminds me a lot of Katamari Damacy in the graphics and just the way you move around the world, but it's kind of like Katamari Damacy if- uh, that game went out and got a uni degree because it's this mixture right. of dumb things that you can do in the game, but really deep metaphorical uh, thoughts about the world and, and everything and your place in the world. Mm. So you start off and you're a little star and you land on a zebra and the zebra can then 
the zebra doesn't walk. It doesn't animate like a real zebra. It's like a solid object and it, it kind of rolls. So you right. will roll onto your back and then onto your tail. Not even in a natural way. You just, you're a solid wooden object and you roll around and then you find something that's smaller than you. So you might find a blade of grass and then the game teaches you that you can transfer your consciousness into a blade of grass. And then all of a sudden you're a blade of grass. So you can transfer yourself into things that are smaller and you can transfer yourself into things that are bigger. So you might find a tree and you can transfer yourself into the tree and then the tree can wander around the world and you can join up with other trees. Mm. So you can call other trees. Everything can dance. So a tree dances by just kind of rustling its leaves. And if you're near other trees, the other trees will sing and dance back with you. So you're on Earth and you do all these things. And then all of a sudden you realize that not only can you transfer into things that are smaller and larger than you, but you can actually ascend and descend. So you can go from occupying the body of a tree into occupying the body of a landmass. And then you're actually at a completely different realm or level, I suppose. So then mm. as a landmass, you can roll around the sea or swim through the sea and find other different landmasses. So you might start off as a sandy landmass, but then you can go and find yourself in a green foresty landmass. And then once you're in the green foresty landmass, you can then descend into that landmass and then you'll be in a completely different world. that will all be trees and water and there'll be maybe some buildings and there might be vehicles in this one. But then you can ascend up to the point where, so you can go from Earth to land masses, to planets, and then you can go one up further than that into galaxies. And there's kind of this weird middle world where you go up one further and then you just become polygons and things, some some really abstract shapes. And then if you go up from that, you end up being a molecule again. Right. So, Or, or like an amoeba or something. So you can start that small and then you end up going back through the world. So you end up starting off as a molecule and then you go up to being you could be a a piece of hair and then you go up and you might be like a tiny pebble and then you go up again and you're back on the the regular plane and there's lots and lots of different worlds and there's lots and lots of different things you can do there's alien worlds where there's all weird trees and things are all weird colors and and as Mm. you're going through not only are you having this experience where you're kind of at one with everything and you, you can be whatever you want but eventually you get the skill that allows you to bring back something into this world that you may have discovered in another world, even at another scale. So I might be at the <laughs> at the pebble level, and I can bring back a galaxy into that level, and then I can, and then all of a sudden galaxies will start appearing in that level, and then you can add more galaxies, or you might be able to bring like an arcade machine in, or you might be able to bring a, your original zebra in. So you can actually start to fuck with the world like that. And then you can create more groups of those things, and it's really weird. It's really especially Sounds weird. Like it. And the thing I like about it is that whilst all this craziness is going on, there are certain icons around the world. and Some of them are cloud bubbles, and those cloud bubbles allow you to to hear what other things are thinking. And there's also (laughs) these little, like, geometric shapes, and they teach you new skills as you go along. But there are actually circles, and you go along and you click on the circles, and they play a recording of a guy talking in real scientific um, metaphorical ways about the world and about consciousness and about your place in the world and the mixture of really serious scientific thoughts about our place in the world and me rolling an arcade machine around the ocean is kind of a really funny you end up in just really odd things that happen right okay it's pretty special i really like it that sounds special and the thing is that if you're playing the game and you stop playing for a while much like life, like life just keeps on going, it'll just start playing by itself. You don't even have to right. play. 
you can take control or you can just, you know, sit back and watch the world be be the world, be the world kind of freak out. It's good fun. Sounds like it. Sounds sounds like one of those things you have to see for yourself. Yes. <laughs> Otherwise. Well, we do have a video up on the site so you can have a look at that. Oh, good. And I think it's available on PS4, PC and the Mac. I'm not actually sure it's available on Xbox. I'll have to check. Got to get those Mac games. So that's been a lot of my week, playing everything. You know, it's a playing tough everything. job playing everything. Mm-hmm. I have done a little bit of Zelda and a little bit of Nier, but um, just Nier's getting weirder and Zelda's getting closer yeah. towards the end. I tried Nier, actually, and the PC version's still crap. So oh, I mean, is it? They haven't issued a patch for it or anything? No, no. People have said they, if you look in the Steam, like when everyone, they, whenever there's an update to Steam, people take apart the sort of the database and have a look, and there's yeah. beta branches that are being submitted, but they haven't been made public yet. All right. Well, hopefully that comes soon because that's a pretty fun game, and you, and yeah. you should play it more. Uh, yes, I believe it's available now on the PS4, everything is, and it'll be available on the PC and Mac on the 21st of April, but no word on Xbox. So Xbox owners miss out again. (laughs) Yeah, well, we'll be covering that, I guess, in the news, won't won't we? Yeah, that's pretty much what I've been doing. Okay. So let's move on to some news because we've got a fair bit to go through. There's been a fair bit that's happened this week. um, Yeah, there's a lot. um, We're going to start with Steam, which is about to overhaul its curation system, which it always seems to be doing, and it's going to replace its curation system, which is... Uh, what do they call the the groups that recommend the game? Curators? Yeah. Oh, it's literally curators. Mm-hmm. Yes. They're going to replace that with some more curated curation. No, crowd-based curation. Yeah. So, yet again, they haven't put money into a team internally. Uh, what they are going to do is so that any Steam game that might go unnoticed. So, there's heaps of games on Steam at the moment. And, and it's really hard to find new games unless someone really, really points it out to you. So... To combat all these games that are coming in and then might not get played, you can register yourself, or anyone can actually do this. Anyone is going to be able to register themselves as a Steam Explorer. Mm. And Steam Explorer's job is to go and play games that might not necessarily be getting played and then to recommend those so you can follow Steam Explorer. So it's kind of like the Steam Curator system, but the aim is to not push up popular games, but to focus on games that no one's playing and you know these steam explorers will get extra abilities to be able to get refunds on games that they don't like and things like that but i don't think it fixes the problem really no it's a weird one because curators at the moment the way i see it is that it's very easy to game the system and it's very easy for developers or anyone to pay a popular curator to get their game in front of other people and unless you actually employ a team and pay them money to go out and do this job. Everyone's going to be incentivized by trying to get followers and try to mm. make them to be, to be the best Steam curator. Whereas if Valve actually paid a team, then their incentive is to actually get paid every month, just like yeah. everyone else, so that they're not going to be influenced. And that will be their main aim. It's just... Oh, just- yeah, well, I think it needs to be a mix of the two. I understand Valve's position in that there's so much stuff coming into... St- or they want so much stuff coming into Steam that it would be difficult for them to to staff up to such a level that they can effectively curate it. But at the same time, they shouldn't be pushing the problem completely onto the community. But yet that's what they seem to want to do. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> their end game for Steam, I believe, is to them to not even have any involvement in it and sort of shop fronts form and rise and fall based on what's popular and what's not. Algorithms. Mm. Algorithms are going to rule us all. Yep. 
You'll be paying 98 cents for the game that can't be named. Because, you know, apparently Steam curation's working if that ends up on the the popular new releases list. Anyway, look, we'll we'll see how it goes. We'll keep an eye on it and we'll see if it actually works. It's worthwhile noting that a a couple of games journalists went to Valve and saw what their, saw like mock-ups of what their plans were and they are tentatively hopeful. (laughs) This is the best way of putting it. Yeah, well... That's just, and even like showing people outside of Valve what they're planning, they're trying to outsource opinions on it as well. Yeah. Like, have a plan, figure it out internally, and then release it. So, if you look at the top sellers on Steam and the popular new releases, only there is only a crossover of three titles from what I can see. Actually, no, it's two because Bulletstorm isn't in the top sellers. No, well, we're going to talk about that later too. Mm. Although, if you go to global top sellers, it's a completely different story. Oh, really? I don't know what the difference between top sellers and global top sellers is. All times, maybe? It's interesting that I kind of allow Valve to do what they want because Steam sort of works. But as soon as Microsoft says, we're very interested in the PC and you can, you know, look out soon for we'll make some more announcements on what our PC strategy is. And as a PC game, you think, no, just release Windows and DirectX and leave everything else the (laughs) hell alone. You've already got a system for games and it's called the Xbox. Stay there. Yeah, just don't. Fuck it up. Yeah. Because no games for Windows Live, you fucked it up. Yeah. Uh, we're going to move on to another storefront news or check-in because we're going to check in with Anthony's Humble Monthly Yay. Bundle. How's that going? You've had a couple of- I already checked in in a weird manner. I streamed a bunch of these last night. Um, so I got access to these yesterday and madly played as many of them as I could. Yeah. Now, we all know, all already know The Witness, Jonathan Blow, 20 bucks, 40 bucks, whatever it was. So it was only um, yesterday you got these, so they don't come out on the first. No, well, the witness came out early, so I gave that key to my wife because uh, she wanted to have a go, yep. and she did the initial puzzles and said this is really fun, and went back to playing Spelunky. Uh, <laughs> right. So uh, the next thing I play was a game called Kingdom, which is a strange game that's like a side scroller where you play a ruler on a horse and you collect money and throw it at people to hire them, and then throw it at things for them to build. That's and the best way to live your life. Just yeah. Just throw money at a problem. So every night things come and attack your kingdom or your little fortifications and then the next day you get a chest full of money and certain characters can generate money and you sort of have to try to upgrade and build as much as possible during the day and then but you never actually do anything yourself. You're you're just assigning cash to it. What's your horse called? I don't know. You can run and it gets tired if you run. And then you ride out into the forest and find people who don't have jobs and you throw money at them and they come back to your base and, and build things for you. Awesome. Yeah, so cool. I'm not, I haven't really played a lot of that yet, but that one, it's like a nice-looking pixel art sort of thing. Yeah. That's a really good describing word, Anthony. I saw you were playing Slime Sand yesterday and yeah, Tumblestone. Yeah, Slime Sand. Uh, Slime Sand is kind of like Meat Boy, but with a little bit more puzzle elements. So you can sort of change shape or change form and get through walls based on that. But you can do the whole jumping up the side of a wall and um, uh, doing running jumps and sort of, you know, very precise sort of platforming elements. But then because you're slime sanding, you've been swallowed by a giant worm and you're working your way back up to their head to try to escape. Oh, yeah. Um, And so once you complete a bunch of levels, you can then go to a place where there's all these shopkeepers, like a little town inside the giant worm. Of course. Of course, there's a little town. And it got very strange after that. Is it called Slimesville? I don't know. I can't remember. Wormsville? It was very late last night, and I probably spent a lot of time blearily staring at the screen, (laughs) wondering what was going on. Yeah. 
All I knew was that when the Super Meat Boy button was pushed inside my brain, my hands went into platforming mode, and then after that, I just kind of wandered around dazed. So this is basically Super Meat Boy with less meat and more slime. Yes. All right. That sounds good. I like Super Meat Boy. Now, Tumblestone, which builds, which has big ambitions, Tumblestone. I'll get the exact marketing copy for you. Oh, yeah. This is going to be good because marketing copy always is great. Yep. So they're selling this for like 25 bucks on Steam, but okay. it came free. Tumblestone is the first original action puzzle game of the past 15 years. It's a big call. Big call. Basically, it's bejeweled with Puzzle Bobble and, yeah, that's that, pretty much it. That doesn't sound original. No. Do things um, go down instead of up or up instead of down or no, sideways? Things or? Still go, well, things don't usually go down, but the idea is you have coloured blocks and you have to shoot three of them in a row to get rid of them. Stop me if you've heard this before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can reveal the level in such a way that there's only two blocks of any given colour. At that point, you fail the level after start again. So it's about planning which colour blocks you remove to make sure that you've got three of the same colour revealed for your next turn. Okay. Um, it's like there's a multiplayer mode, I think a four-player multiplayer mode, and there's like marathon modes and things like that. So there's a bunch of different ways you can play the game. So apparently but I'm yeah, just it's, on the site fun, but- and it's available for Steam. It's pretty much available for everything. It's got everything. It's got logos for Steam, Windows, Mac, Linux, Amazon. You can play it on the Amazon store if you want. Uh, Xbox yeah. One, PS4, Wii U. It's everywhere except for the Switch. Yeah. So, yeah, like it was interesting and there's quite often there's like a lot of content in there level-wise. But, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a puzzle game. It's a match three puzzle game. Yeah, well, well, it really is actually a match three puzzle game because you match three before you move on to the next level. Yeah. There's like different, there's things like mutators in there. So you can have a thing where if you shoot or sort of make it harder for yourself, have a thing where if you shoot a block of a particular color, you then cannot immediately shoot in the same lane. You have to move to another lane and shoot. So if you've got two blocks on top of each other and you want to use both of those blocks, you have to make sure you don't use them one after the other yeah, or, or you'll you just stuck. fail the level. Yeah. Uh, we should so, try yeah, that, that interesting. local multiplayer because I think yeah. that will probably be fun. Yeah, definitely. Cool. What else did you get? Black Mesa, which is the remake of Half-Life 1 in the Half-Life 2 engine, but not done by Valve. Oh, okay. Or as I call it, Gordon Freeman, asshole physics Avenger. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you watched the stream last night, I spent my whole time putting bins on people's heads. and I saw you spending a fair amount of time trying to give someone <laughs> toilet paper over, a, yeah. over the cubicle door. <laughs> or giving them everything but toilet paper. Yeah. <laughs> running into adjoining rooms and grabbing anything that would fit over the um, or under the cubicle. <laughs> he didn't seem too impressed. He just wanted his no. toilet paper. Yeah, well, that's the risk you run when you don't check before you go, isn't it? <laughs> and you give someone else physics to play with. <laughs> yes. I'd like to point out as well, when you do give that man toilet paper, you unlock an achievement. <laughs> oh, cool. What is it? What's the achievement called? Uh, on the shooter? What's the? No, hang on. Papers, please? <laughs> These are all good names, but I'm pretty sure that's not it. Um, You're on a roll? It's called, it's in the same vein as your one. Yes. It's called Brownie in Motion. That's not even anywhere near as good as uh, Papers, Please. Right. Fair enough. All right, Brownie. Right. What else? Uh, And uh, I had another game called Event Zero, which seems kind of like stories untold. So I'm leaving that one until I can sit down and have a really good go. Okay. So Uh, it seemed to be set on a space station. 
So are you still into the Humble Monthly Bundle? Do you feel like you're getting yeah. good value from it? Would you recommend it? Yeah. Uh, I didn't mind. Uh, well, this month was a bit thin on the ground because I already had The Witness. Yep. Kingdom's okay. Slime Sen's okay. I can take or leave. Tumblestone. Black Mesa, Mesa I'll probably finish if they ever finish it because it still is not finished yet. Oh, right. So do you actually get um, access to all of it or did they only give you the first level or the first bit? Uh, I'm not sure. I think you get access to all of it. Okay. Event zero, that might be the tipping point that says, yeah, this is worth it, but it's kind of a line call at this point. If um, you've already got the witness. Yeah. Next month, it's two games that they're revealing, which is Dirt Rally and Inside. Okay. Um, Inside's supposed to be good. Dirt Rally, I've not played, nor do I have much interest in, so we'll see. Dirt Rally's a game, or is it Dirt? It always seems to be on sale somewhere, or you're, I always seem to be getting it free. I'm surprised <laughs> I don't either, already either own it. either Dirt or Grid. Yeah, yes. <laughs> the two. All right. Uh, well, Racing games lead a difficult life. They do. But I am looking forward to playing some Forza Motorsport Motor, Motor 3 because mm. I haven't played that yet, and that's been the one uh, Forza game that I've really been keen to play. Set in Australia. Oh, that's right. But yeah. I haven't managed to get it yet. Apparently, it is available for uh, Xbox cross-buy, but um, apparently the PC version isn't that great. No, I've heard that. Oh, well. Uh, we might move just straight away because I just started talking about it anyway, that, uh, Digital Foundry this week, uh, exclusively revealed the hardware specs for the Xbox Project Scorpio. Mm. There were a lot of numbers. There were a lot yes. of facts. There were a lot of just really in-depth explanations about hardware and pipes and, um, RAM things. It all seems like it's a really powerful machine or it's going to be a really powerful machine. Yeah. We'll see if the games end up being better because of it. Yeah. I don't know. I've kind of, I think we've kind of grown out. Like when you think back to how it was like with the Apple SUE and the Commodore 64 back when I was started gaming and also to a lesser extent, I guess the Nintendo and the, or the original Nintendo and the Master System and the Genesis and the SNES. Yeah. Being a more powerful console gave you a huge advantage and I don't think it gives you that much of an advantage anymore. No, well, I mean, I can point to one thing in very specific terms that points away from being power equals better, and that's Zelda Breath of the Wild, because mm. the Switch is by far the weakest console out there, and Zelda is almost by far one of the best games I've played in a very, very long time. So yep. you don't need power to make a good game. No. If you were after power, though, it sounds like uh, Microsoft is approaching this piece of mm. hardware the right way it's going to be 4k out of the box and apparently everything will be able to be played at 4k 60 frames a second um yeah and i think that's just the way this machine's been designed they've got a custom uh is it a radeon chip i think they were using in, for graphics which is especially optimized for direct x12 and i think they've done a lot of work in um not just the pixels that you see on screen or like pushing the pixels on screen but also in the pipelines of getting all the textures to mm. the renderers. Those seem to be the two major takeaways I've got from vaguely reading the article and vaguely understanding it. But, you know, yeah. sounds like it's going to be expensive. Yeah. See, it w I would be happier if I knew that developers were going to be using all of this power for something interesting. Like, they, they just use it for better resolution and better-looking graphics. Like, no one uses it for smarter AI. No. No one uses it for more interesting physics. No one uses it for more interesting gameplay systems. It's all graphics. Yeah. Well, I mean- And that's, that's pretty much it. When the Xbox One was launched, Microsoft were touting their um, cloud-based AI system or the cloud-based computing that developers could offload portions of processing 
to the cloud to render, you know, you know, large crowds of people and all those things. But I'm not sure how yeah. well that ended up getting used in this generation. But maybe, who knows? That's- maybe this console is going to be powerful enough that it can render better crowds, like larger crowds. But you have to think that because a lot of the games that are really, really good on the Xbox console and all well, Xbox and PS4 are cross compatible, um, there's going to have to be some element of baseline there. There are not going to be able to, able to develop two completely different versions for both platforms. Just doesn't make economic sense. Rendering in the cloud is just a smart word for DRM. It was a smart word for DRM when SimCity came out, and it remains a smart word for DRM. I couldn't be playing Train Zelda if they required Breath of the Wild to render stuff in the cloud. So No, no, no. Absolutely I, not. I would like to play my single-player games unconnected from the internet, if that's all right. How is Train Zelda going, by the way? Uh, it's going all right. I get distracted easily. I started looking for those photograph memory things. Yeah, yeah, yep. And that's taking a lot of my time because yeah. I don't bother looking for clues. I just kind of look at where they were taken and try to find a landmark and then find the landmark and then try to figure out what direction you, that was being looked at from and then run away from it in a line and try and find it. Yeah, yeah. And then I tend to find something else and get distracted from that. All right. There you go. There's our train Zelda check-in. Mm-hmm. Um, while we're on the subject of check-ins, how's the jelly beans going? What are you up to? Uh, I have four left. Ooh. Do you know what flavor they are? Uh, no, one of them's kind Cinnamon. of kind of like a marbled grey, which kind of worries me. <laughs> so that, I don't know about that one. That's just stone flavored. I wouldn't eat that. Right. You're going to crack it. I just I just chip something off the countertop. And- yeah, <laughs> that's actually not a jelly bean, by the way. Right. Well, if I scream out in pain, we'll find out. All right. Uh, then we're going to go move on to uh, Gearbox has partnered yeah. with controversial key vendor G two A for a Bullet full clip edition. Yep, match made in heaven. Oh, yes. So they copped a lot of flack for that this week. Yeah. Then they um, they met with the people who served said flack and then came back to G2A with a list of demands. And now apparently it's not happening anymore. Yeah, I think the quote I've read, and I'm not going to get it accurate, is that they are in the process of extraditing themselves from the deal. Right. <laughs> yeah. The um, What did Darth Vader say? Pray I do not alter the deal any further. Yeah, pretty much. I think... Who did Gearbox meet with this week? They met with- uh, I believe it was Total Biscuit. Yes. And who outlined a bunch of research he'd done into G2A's practices and how they are basically allegedly selling stolen keys. Well, technically, they're not selling stolen keys. Technically, they run a marketplace for keys. And if stolen keys just happen to end up on it, despite their best efforts to stop them, then well, there's nothing we can do. So it's basically the Simpsons episode where um, Bart is swinging his arms around and he goes, hey, you might get your arms. Or was, or was it Lisa? I can't remember. It's been so long ago. Uh, it was both of them, actually. I'm just going to swing my arms around. At each other. And if you happen to get hit by that, it's, it's your own fault. Hmm. It's an interesting argument because ISPs say that they cannot be held liable for things that happens on their carrier service. Yep. And at the same time, G2A are saying they can't be held liable for things that happen in their marketplace. But there's a very sort of grey line between just providing a service and then providing a service and facilitating said uh, unscrupulous activity. Yeah, well, I think a long time ago, uh, YouTube were probably at that crossroads as well at some point Mm. where they could have just gone, look, we can't be held responsible if people are going to put movies and shit up on our service. But I think they ended up going the opposite way. Then they ended up being held responsible. <laughs> yeah, and then getting in bed with TV stations and movie producers. Which is why we get content ID notifications yeah. every week now. Yes, but speaking of restrictions and all that kind of stuff, um, during the week there was a bit of hoo-ha about Persona 5 and mm. Atlas's restrictions on said game. Atlas came out and basically 
well, Atlas America came out and basically threw the blame at Atlas Japan in a real yep. open, some would say honest, some would say kind of bizarre way, speaking about their uh, Japanese overlords in their mm. official quote. <laughs> Somebody got fired from marketing this week. I don't know. Well, it could have been that, or it could have just been that uh, Atlas US have been trying to battle Atlas Japan on this very topic for so long, and Atlas Japan may have pushed a little bit too far, and Atlas US went, fine, we're happy to put the statement out as you wrote it. Or, or Atlas Japan have said, we insist that you refer to us as your overlords. <laughs> <laughs> See, that I don't doubt. <laughs> right. Only in private. So, yeah, uh, don't go streaming out some- Persona 5, because you'll probably get a content strike against you or something. Yep. It's weird, because they've been very, very specific about what you can and can't stream, but also vague about, you know, don't show me too many spoilers here and there. So, I don't know. Mm. It sounds like the type of restrictions you would get pre-release, but it seems yeah. just really weird that they're being released post-release and to just to the general public, to the fans yep. of the game, to a game that probably could do with more people knowing about it. It almost, that like their language was almost uh, worded like a threat, where it said you'll get a content ID or worse. So <laughs> it's like, I could break your finger. Yeah. I could do worse. <laughs> this actually caused us to have a discussion about this from the business perspective of our site. Yeah. And we eventually, I think, decided that the thing that Atlas is trying to avoid is they're trying to avoid a very heavily story-based game ending up in video form in its entirety on the internet. Um, because like then within the week after release as well yeah from their viewpoint then they will sell less games and i think we decided that that was probably reasonable and as a result we would probably avoid streaming the entirety of games that that were story based or short or didn't have a lot of replayability yeah but we might um, stream it doesn't, it doesn't mean we're not going to do the odd we might yeah do all the bits of the game that we think yep. really show off what the game has to offer all the fun yeah, so parts. like Midnight Game Club last week, half of the first level of Silent Hill 3, if that, and we got a content ID from Konami for that. Um, it does seem to be a thing that feels like it's going to come to a head very, very shortly, mm. and a lot of it seems to be pushed by Japan and just the old way of publishing mm. games about how publishers and media outlets interact. I was listening during the week to Jeff Gersman talk about the early times at GameSpot and he was saying that Square Enix basically considered them to be internet pirates because they were putting footage of games online. Right. <laughs> they just had no clue about the new world of video games journalism online. There are some good Japanese companies. I mean, we've popped video up for Dead Rising and Resident Evil and Street Fighter Five, and we haven't heard a peep out of uh, Capcom about that. Yeah, I think Capcom have changed in the past couple of years. I, I also have heard stories that they used to be really, really bad. Mm. But I think they've embraced it. And I think um, fighting games moving into the esports world probably helped that a little bit. They're probably yeah. finding that the more that they can get those games in front of people, the more games that they will sell. And I would guess that if someone saw a really fun playthrough of Persona 5, then they're probably more inclined to buy Persona 5, go back, potentially buy Persona 4, and look at the other games in the series and the other games that, mm. are, well, that's, that are that's, around. That's how it went for me. And, you know, I saw Giant Bomb doing Persona 4 and I bought Persona 3 twice, uh, Persona <laughs> 2 and Persona 4. <laughs> yeah. And also, you know, buy T-shirts and figurines and all that kind of stuff. So mm. um, I'm well past my figurine stage, but I, I know of a friend of mine at work who went and bought figurines and art books and stuff like that as well. Yeah. It's just realistically now it's just getting the game in front of people who might not 
necessarily always see that or might not go to the stores and see the posters and might not see your banner ads and all that kind of stuff. Mm. It's just letting people engage with your game and your brand on a deeper level. Yeah. So there was that. There was that. And then um, Sega wanted to get in on the game, I think. Mm. So they came out with- um, Here comes a new challenger. Some restrictions on uh, Poyo Poyo Tetris. So there was a page that got linked, I think it was off NeoGAF originally, was it? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, about restrictions on streaming or showing Poyo Poyo Tetris for the 3DS, Wii U, PS4, PS3, PS Vita, Xbox One, pretty much everything. A lot of these feel like they came from the Tetris side of things. Yeah. And I was going to try and read it, but because it's a Google translated document of a Japanese page, it hasn't translated it that great, but I can get the general gist where um, you're not allowed to uh, post videos to the sites uh, if your site is commercial. Uh, is that n- us? Uh, <laughs> maybe. Weirdly, this one, that you're not allowed to uh, post obscene, violent, or otherwise contrary public order or morales videos, which is- Yeah, see that standard on a lot of games now. Yeah, that's probably from the presenter, not from the game. I don't assume that Poyo Tetris is <laughs> obscene or violent. There's actual characters in Poyo Poyo Tetris, okay. but you see it in like, like it just protects the companies. Like we made characters wearing skimpy outfits and if someone goes and draws pictures of them doing nasty stuff, it's not our fault. Yes. And they also don't want content that unfairly harms the honor and credibility of our company or this game. <laughs> right. So a picture of Sonic stabbing the characters from Poyo Poyo yeah, Tetris. Yeah, yeah. Be out. Picture of Mario snorting some Poyo Poyos off a Tetris block probably wouldn't go down that well. <laughs> Okay. We're probably not going to use that as a picture on our <laughs> podcast image. Well, you wouldn't be breaking the terms of service of the game because you don't own it yet. Exactly right. Uh, what, so if, that what if you broke out- the terms of service of the game before you bought it? And would your argument would be, I did that before I bought the game? Or just never buy the games and continually break the terms of service. Right. Can you break terms of service if you haven't signed said terms of service? I think that's probably a really interesting legal discussion that uh, has been coming for the past 20 years. And nobody wants to test it in court is the um, is the answer. It's the video game equivalent of by entering this store, you reserve every right for us to search your bags. Yeah. I've always wanted to wear a T-shirt that contradicts that and writes my own terms of service. Yeah, yeah. By, entering your store, you, by me entering your store, you agree to this. Yeah, exactly. Uh, or just by looking me in the face, you agree for me to punch you. Hey, it's right. written there. It's a implied agreement. Yep. Okay. Uh, so that happened early in the week. And then kind of in the middle of the week, someone came out who apparently works for Sega, a guy called Sam Mullen, who's a producer working on Sega's Japanese lineup. And he said that those terms of service only apply to the Japanese market and not to the US or European market. All right. So American and European players can use Poyo Poyo Tetris to make as much fun of Sega as they want. They can. They can definitely yep. have Sonic snorting some Poyo Poyos off a Tetris block and no one's going to give a shit about before it. and confuse me. Oh, well, it's both. Mario, maybe it's as both. well. Okay. Mario's just behind Sonic, just helping him out. Mario's the dealer. He's the one who sources <laughs> the Poyo Poyos. He's just looking at Sonic and just going, it's a me. That's right. The first one's always free. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. So, yes. So, Sega wanting to get into the game of not allowing people to stream, but then going, oh, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. You guys just go ahead. It's just the Japanese people are crazy. I don't know. Yep. Uh, then we're going to move on to King of Fighters 14 because it's a very special announcement from King of Fighters 14 because the fourth DLC character announced 
is one of my favorite fighting game characters of all time, mm. Rock Howard, who is the son of Geese Howard, and he was raised by Terry Bogard. So his moveset is a mixture of Terry Bogard's and Geese Howard's. And he's coming to King of Fighters 14. And I thought it was, weirdly, I thought it was a forthcoming announcement, and I hadn't even looked whether he was available to purchase. And on Friday, we did Friday Night Fights, and mm. as I was just cruising along in the game, uh, Rock Howard showed up, and he was one of my opponents, and I was really excited. He, he looks really good. He looks, he plays, and he looks, the moves look exactly like Gary Mark of the Wolves, but just in 3D. They've done a really good job. I'm looking forward right. to purchasing that DLC character, and I might do some King of Fighters again next week for Friday Night Fights, just with Rock Howard included. Is he related to Ron Howard? Uh, probably. Does that okay. mean that he would then be living up above the Cunninghams in their house? Yeah, probably after Richie moved out, Rock Howard moved in. Yeah, yeah. Can um, Rock Howard put together a motorcycle while he's blinded? No. Maybe he could lose all of his money in a poker game and his dad could then have to go and get it back. Can he uh, jump a shark on jet skis? See, I was trying to avoid that because that was the obvious joke. Yeah, but I didn't say that he is jumping the shark. I, I wasn't using it as a term that it has turned into. I was just merely saying that the act, could he do it? I wasn't saying it was a bad thing. Oh, well. I like the Fonz jumping a shark. Fucking who cares? The, it's the fucking Fonz. You know, the King of Fighters character seemed to be highly mobile in the air, so I would, I would imagine he could. There was a dinosaur I was fighting against, but there was no yeah. sharks. You sure it wasn't a Marvel game? That sounds like a Marvel game to me. His name was King of Dinosaurs. So he was King of Dinosaurs fighting in the King of Fighters. So right. I'm not sure well, whether they just ran sense. out of names. Yep. But anyway, Rock Howard available. He's the fourth DLC character with Whip, Yamazaki, and Vanessa being the three before him. If you like King of Fighters, go and check him out. These happy days are yours and mine. Ah. All right. Uh, what else we got? That's it. Oh, no. Mass Effect. Yeah. They've issued a patch. Yep. They've apparently fixed some eyes and some facial animations. Yeah, I haven't downloaded it yet. Uh, I've seen some side-by-side screenshots, and I also so watched I. a YouTube video. And you know what? They've not only fixed the eyes, now the eyebrows animate. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So it actually yeah. looks not bad. Actually looks like a modern AAA video game, kind of. Well, yeah, kind of. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't downloaded it yet. I logged into Origin the other day, and it said, Hey, Titanfall 2 and Mass Effect Andromeda. It's been a while since you updated these. <laughs> So there's actually a bunch of other fixes which addresses some people's concerns with the game. So they uh, allow you to skip ahead while traveling between planets and the galaxy maps. Mm, uh, that'd be nice. They've increased inventory limits. They've improved the appearance of eyes for human and Asari characters. They've decreased the cost of remnant decryption keys, making them more accessible at merchants. Uh, improved localized voice over lip sync. Fixes riders' movements when running <laughs> in a zigzag pattern. And improved matchmaking and latency in multiplayer. They're going to be rolling out some additional patches in the future, which uh, fix a couple of other things, which will give more options and variety in character creators, improve the hair and general appearance of characters, ongoing improvements to the cinematic scenes and animations, improvements to the male romance options for Scott Ryder. So apparently right. there was a achievement that you can get by romancing three characters. But if you were specifically uh, role-playing Scott Ryder as a gay man... You couldn't do that because you could only romance two men. So you couldn't get that achievement. Right. And they will uh, also adjust conversations options with Hanley Abrams. I don't think I've actually met that person yet. Hanley Abrams is a transgender character in there and apparently they didn't treat her very well or they were seen to have not given her the dues that she probably should have gotten. So they're they're just going to fix that. Haven't ever run into that one yet, so I can't comment. Yeah. Okay. So 
they're out there fixing things, which is just a shame. It's just ended up being a little bit of a hot mess that they could have potentially softened by having some of these things done. It's probably just that last couple of months that they couldn't spend on it. Yeah. Wanted to push it out. They out needed the door. to get it out before the. Well, somebody pointed out if you look at the bad Mass Effects, they were all released in March before EA's end of financial year, and the good ah. ones were all released in February, January. There you go. End of financial year. Mm. There you go. That's the news. That's all we've got. There'll be some more next week. But right now, we're moving on to Letting Off Steam. Yay! Popping along. Yeah. Okay, let's let off some steam. I think we've mm. we've talked enough about biscuits and the like. Some news, yep. content IDs, and all that shit. Maybe we should just review biscuits on the podcast one day. It's letting off crumbs. Yeah, probably. No, no, no I'll think of a better name for it, and I'll get back to you. Letting off crumbs into your expensive microphone. <laughs> um, so let's start with some Magicka. I think uh, I'm doing this out of order, but I decided I want Magicka to go first. So, we all know Magico. You've played it? I have played it. I've died a lot. Yeah. I've... Yes. I like to make big spells that cause lots of damage, and yep. I'm pretty haphazard with where I place them on the map. Yep. You are the quintessential Magico player, then. I'm glad to be one of you all. Yes. We have a positive review from Hambone with 6.1 hours. Imagine you're an idiot. Now imagine you have the power of a minor deity. That sounds like us. It does. And uh, yes. when, when you said, imagine you're an idiot, I went, I'm with you. I'm right here. <laughs> yes. Um, so we have a negative review from Jaleel Likau. I can't pronounce this dude's name. With 1.8 hours. And he said, it wouldn't have been so bad if the multiplayer wasn't like trying to brush your teeth with a wrench. That's exactly how the game plays. Yeah, I know. It's like you're sitting there, like you're under pressure because you're being attacked and it's like fire, ice, 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 earth. Is that is, just hit it? Uh, beam. Yep. Oh, God, everyone's dead. Just hit random keys. Hope something comes yep. out. Hope you're just not healing people who are already healed or... Yep. Or using the healing spell or using the resurrection spell and shocking yourself because it's raining and you didn't notice that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That game had a lot of um, systems. That you had yes. to abide by. and Well, it actually had one system, but it was extensive. Yeah, yeah. It was a granular system, mm. one would say. We're going to go into Crusader Kings 2, which is one of one of my favourites. Did you review this, or was it somebody else? No, you this is somebody this else. You and then try to palm it off? No. So, the first review is from Orange's PC Broke R.I.P., I don't know if he's just left Steam because his PC broke. Yeah. He's got 931.2 hours in Crusader Kings 2. I can imagine how that could be possible with this game. Mm. He says, uh, I got assassinated by a one-year-old. 10 out of 10. (laughs) Now, I take issue with this. I don't think he got assassinated by a one-year-old because I know, and he's got more hours than me, so who knows? I could be wrong. I know that if your ruler dies in Crusader Kings and your only heir is too young to rule, a regent will be declared and they will pass the rule to the kid when you're old enough to actually rule. So it was probably the regent that assassinated him. Was the regent one-year-old? No, you can't have a one-year-old regent. That's a tactic I use when I've got a typically strong leader as I try to like poison them or cause unrest and get rid of them and then... They die and then it passes on to their son who's a bit of a dimwit and he's only six years old and the regent isn't that smart either. And that's a good way to get all of his vassals offside. And Crusader Kings 2 is a complicated game. It's like managing... It's like The Sims meets Game of Thrones. They should release a game called Crusader Babies, which is much like the TV show Muppet Babies, where it's just baby versions of different uh, leaders and then Mm. um, how they can, you know, 
order another baby's head be chopped off. Yeah. Or a lot of the actual the crusades was quite racist. So <laughs> maybe not a cartoon. I don't know. Babies can be racist. They can be. I'm pretty sure I've seen them. The odd racist baby. Racist babies. Mm. Do you reckon Hitler uh, was a racist baby? Or do you reckon he just grew into it? I think he grew into it. The story was is that um, he became unhappy seeing the amount of power that the Jews sort of wielded over sort of Austrians and Germans as far as... Well, yeah, I don't know. You know, I haven't read Mein Kampf, so any, anything <laughs> Hitler says, I'm going to have to take him on face value. Okay. Not necessarily believe him and act on it, but... Look for That's Baby Hitler was- in Baby Crusader Kings, coming soon to a TV near you. Yes. Probably supposed to be automatic. Actually, Baby Hitler would be um, Baby Hearts of Iron 4. <laughs> would Baby Which Hitler is- be able to have the little moustache? I reckon it would be drawn on with crayon. Okay. That's a good idea. Mm. So then we've got a negative review from Ios. 3.3 hours in Crusader Kings 2. Yeah. And his review is, how can I write a review when I don't have this game retards? Yeah, he definitely showed those retards. What I want to know is how can he have 3.3 hours in a game he doesn't own? That's a good question. Yeah. I went straight for the retards. Didn't notice People that using, he had... um, using the Steam reviews as a platform for whatever they want to talk about. Yeah, it's free and easy over there at the Steam reviews. Maybe they should yep. put a crowdsourced uh, review curation system just to make sure mm. that these reviews don't get through. Or just make sure that they don't hit the site, but send them straight to us so we can read them out. Yep. So that kind of touches on a problem we have because they do actually curate Steam reviews. You can sort them by what you're looking for. So whenever I go to find these reviews, I go to the game, I sort the reviews by funny, and then I automatically... Is that a category? Yes. Really? That's just yes. encouraging funny reviews, isn't it? It is. It's just encouraging I bad automatically reviews. then uh, try to filter out the people whose reviews consist of ASCII art of somebody pooping as they review for the game. I want you to put one of those into letting off steam, but I'd like to know how you would read it out. <laughs> That's why I haven't put it in yet. Right. It's like, how do I ever do that? It's kind of like two Ds and a bunch of equal signs, and then there's an eight. And no, no, these are good. these are elaborate. Oh, right, okay. Like but- re- like multi-line, okay. ASCII all lined up. <laughs> and then where the poop's coming out, it says... You can see the poop um, crowning out of the ass. Great, that's nice terminology. Thank you. Yeah. Now I have a mental picture. <laughs> I like that phrase ever since I heard uh, Louis C.K. use it. <laughs> that oh, was okay, right. such a pristine mental image. It's like, yep, crowning is a beautiful word. Have you seen the thing, like when, was it Saturday Night Live had their 40th anniversary? And uh, he did the bit on um, explaining why pedophiles do pedophilia. No. And he basically, like, this is what's brilliant about Louis C.K. is that he takes you so close to the line. Oh, yeah. Where you think, I am, like, this is it. This guy's career is over. And then takes you back. He basically grabs you by the scruff of the neck and holds your head over the line and yep. then, then pulls you back. He will uh, hang you over that cliff and threaten to drop. And you go, this is going to yeah. go bad. This is going to go bad. And then he'll pull you back and go, ha, ah, just kidding. Yeah. That is some inspired... like, And people have posted mobile phone video of stand-up over the years from him. And it, yeah. it appears he's been working on this for years. Oh, like, yeah, absolutely. He will insert little bits of it into other things just to see what the reaction is. Yeah. Well, that's just the way comedy works or the way people who are really good at comedy, they fine-tune it and they do wrong things in front of not very many people. So they go, okay, well, maybe that didn't work as well as what it could have. And you know, mm. So by the time you get to see it on TV... They know exactly the phrasing, how many breaths to take to say this in a way that is going to be really, really funny, inappropriate, but get their point across. Yeah. 
All right. Well, now poop crowning is the new semi-informatic phrase. Last night I actually watched the uh, Louis C.K. 2017 special on Netflix, which is very good as well. Okay. I have Netflix. Maybe I should watch that. He does one of those moments where, you know, that you're talking about that he holds your head over the cliff and says, I'm going to drop you when he's talking about um, women and abortion. And it's just amazing to watch the craft in those series Mm. of gags. Yes. Um, Okay. So we've got Ship Simulator Extremes for the last review. Was that Shit Simulator or Ship Simulator? (laughs) Yeah, that's it. Crowning Simulator (laughs) Extremes. We've got a negative review from Kupfoodle Wolf or Kupfoodle Wolf. Uh, 0.2 hours. Wait, I own this game? Wait, I played this game? What's this chapter of my life that I seem to have lost? It was only he's drunkenly bought hours. Ship Simulator. Yeah, he's drunkenly bought Ship Simulator Extremes and played it for 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so a positive review from Fantasticat, 2.5 hours. That's a pretty hours. good name. Yep. Pretty good review, too. Okay. He says, quite a relaxing game. It's a boatload of fun ah. and a hell of a good time. Ah. If it's on sale, you can't afford not to buy it for a smooth sailing time. Did I mention there are boats? Ship is what this game is all about. Brilliant. <laughs> That's what Best the Steam review. review system should be used for. Yep. When I saw this review, I madly scrambled to find a negative review that wasn't just the poop gag. Because or- <laughs> <laughs> I said, we have to read that one out. I just need to find the negative one that's almost as good. Yes. All right. That's letting off yeah. steam. Yep. We've experienced some shit, literally and figuratively. And uh, now we're going to move on. Uh, more letting off steam next week. Yes. Actually, that's going to be it. Uh, we were talking earlier that we hadn't done a fully informatic for this week. And then we figured that it's either because we completely forgot about what we spoke about last week or because Often. we're getting better. And I'm pretty yep. sure it's the fact we forgot that what we're that yeah. anything that we spoke about last week. Like I remember like listening to other people's podcasts and they would say something and I would say, you idiots, because three months ago you spoke about this and you, and you said this. And it's like I finished this podcast recording it and I can't remember what I've said. I listened to it back while I'm editing it and I still can't remember what I've said, even though mm. I've heard it twice. There are times where I've been listening to this podcast in the car because my wife listens to it uh, on her way home from work because she's usually had a rough drive and, and listening to us be idiots makes it a little bit better for her. And sometimes I'll be in the car listening to it and I'll go, oh, that was pretty funny, that thing we said. I'd forgotten completely <laughs> that we said it. You're going to be like, crowning, that's hilarious. <laughs> All yeah, right, actually, so you we're know what we're going to do? We're going to go We're going to go onto Discord. Yes. Now, we have a Discord channel for us and our friends, and we have a pun house. And I'm just going to type crowning poop into that, and we'll see what Randall says when he logs online. All right. All right. That's going to be funny. We'll get back to you next week. Yep, next week. Uh, So, right now, though, we are moving on to releases of the week. Yeah. It's a paradox week this week, apparently. Yeah. as in you don't quite understand it, but you should understand yeah. it, or it was yeah. um, re- released by Paradox? It was a, does a set of all sets contain itself week? Um, yeah, no, yeah, go. Maybe. <laughs> so, sort of Paradox cops a bit of heat for their DLC policy. People kind of let it slide, though, because they make interesting games and then they improve them over, like, years. Like, Crusader Kings 2 has been getting regular DLC for years and it's a much bigger game than its predecessor and what it was at launch. But that means that if you want to buy the whole thing, it can still get expensive. And, you know, they reduce the price of the base game and they reduce the price of the DLC as time goes on. So they're kind of doing the right thing. It can just be sort of difficult 
like if you buy all the DLCs it releases and you look back and you say, oh, I spent $200 on this game over yeah. the past three years. So this month they're releasing St- the Stellaris expansion, Utopia, yes. which lets you build freaking ring worlds and Dyson spheres and shit like that in space. Mm-hmm. So that's enough for me to go, yes, sir, I will have that. Thank <laughs> you. And Europa Universalis Four: Mandate of Heaven, which kind of adds a scenario in the game that kind of focuses on the rise of China and Japan. Um, Does it allow you so to be both- killed by a one-year-old? Uh, well, you no, Europa Universalis is a little bit different to uh, Crusader Kings. Crusader Kings is focused on dynasty buildings, building, where Europa Universalis is based on kind of nation building. Um, oh, right. Okay. It kind of focuses on the colonization, well, not really, yeah, yeah, kind of the colonization of the new world to a bit of an extent in the later game. So it's quite possible that you can have something like, well, in my world, the Germans colonized America. They got there first if right. you play the Germans and just like beeline for shipbuilding. And- you should see Disneyland now. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a lot of babies wearing Hitler mustaches. While uh, it's really its own thing, there's sort of some things in, in Paradox games that sort of don't change. It's it's based on history, but beyond a certain point, it's up to you to, as to how things turn out. So you can get some really weird stuff happening. Okay. Awesome. So, yeah. So those are the two releases I'm interested in. I bought Utopia, and I, but I didn't buy Mandate of Heaven because I don't play much Europa Universalis 4. I did backfill all of my DLC for Crusader Kings 2, Europa Universalis, and... Stellara. So all the ones that were kind of on sale because they're older ones, I, I got all of those. Because if you don't keep up, it's like, oh, I'm six DLCs behind and it's 40 bucks, which is, I guess, why people yeah, kind of yeah. complain about this thing. Yes. Uh, and also Persona 5 was released this week mm. to um, much fanfare and disgust at the same time. Fanfare because I of had the game, to, um, disgust because I had to decide of between that and a camera. And you chose? Camera. <laughs> Excellent. Means we're going to get to do some video shit. Yep. Or stuff. And then we have to figure out where we're going to store said video. <laughs> ah, we'll stick it somewhere. All right. Mm. That's releases of the week. Um, I thought Poyo Poyo Tetris may be close to coming out, but it's not. It's out on the 28th of April. So I'm going to be picking that up and I will maybe put a video up for it, depending on if Sega mm. want to get in trouble, depending if Sega America can hold off Sega Japan in the Battle of Poyo Poyos. Yep. Uh, next, we're going to talk about what's coming up on the site. What, what do we got? Actually, Sega yes. America will win. Will they? Because Sega Japan has Sonic and some other anime bullshit. But I reckon that Sega America's got Big Bo. Hey. From yeah. Binary Domain. Damn. Mm. I was so trying to get my deepest voice to do damn, and it's not even a candle to the way he says it. No. Like he- I want to do it, but it seems a little bit racist to me, so- I am uncomfortable. Okay. Whereas I just I'm quite happy. There. I'm quite happy for you to try that. <laughs> oh, no. I couldn't even get close to Ron Simmons doing it. Oh, that's right. We had the Ron Simmons discussion. Yeah, Ron Simmons. I'd forgotten about that. From the APA. Yeah. And then formerly not from the APA. Yes. Uh, okay. So, what do we got coming up on the site, though, video-wise? Uh, we take a look at some of the- Well, I'm gonna, I, I sort of started with some of the greatest hits of the Commodore Amiga era, like a v- video with maybe three or four games in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But then it sort of turned into games that I played when my cousin had a Commodore Amiga. That's very specific, so but that's some, also very good. Yeah, there's some good games in there, and there's some ones where I've gone back and looked at them and said, actually, this isn't a really good game. <laughs> this is terrible. I never had a Commodore Amiga when I was young. Mm. Um, a friend of mine had an Amstrad computer. Oh, yes. So I, I spent a lot of time playing Amstrad games. 
I believe your wife had an Amstrad as well. Did she? She never told yeah. me that. Maybe she still got it somewhere. Maybe not. Uh, Maybe she well, would have yeah, let might me be know. Parents she, house. I don't know. I'm going to be chasing that one up. I have a video of everything coming up. Yes. So okay. Shut this. <laughs> if it's place just a video down. of you taking off your pants again, then that's that, it. Closing the it, site down. Well, technically, it has to be part of it because that's part of everything. Oh, okay. That's the your excuse. Yes, pretty much. It's you no, know, it's part of the game. It's everything. Uh, all right. Well, that's there's well, that. Uh, 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 oh, oh, one oh, more. We got one more. Yeah, actually, mine not come out this week, but I recorded a video of the Blackwell Legacy. Um, this week, because or this this morning, because I got to be my bonnet about something. Oh no! Um, so you hands know down, Anthony's when- got to be his bonnet. <laughs> that's away it. From the mic, you're all on your own. <laughs> Uh, so you remember how when there hasn't been like an adventure game for a while or an RPG and the new one comes out and these people say, we're bringing back the adventure game. Or Are you starting a Kickstarter again? Game. No, I'm not starting a Kickstarter. But what I've noticed is there's always some guy who's been making these games for the entirety of the time that these other people haven't been making them. So nobody's really bringing back the adventure game. Like Double yeah, Fine, yeah, yeah. They haven't brought the adventure game back. Uh, who was it? Um, Telltale. Abs- yeah, no, well, yeah, Telltale, well, Telltale have been making them for the whole time, and this other uh, company, Wadjedi Games, have been making proper old-school adventure games for the whole time that people have been saying, there's not really any more adventure games to yeah, play. Yeah. So, I decided I'd have a look at it, because I own all of them and haven't played any of them. Okay. Well, you know, it's just that Double Fine chose to popularize them again, I suppose, or bring mm. them back to the mainstream, because they had a story to tell about adventure games. Yep. And, you know, unfortunately, that story was that no one was making them, but unfortunately, people yes. were making them, and- I could have just pointed at those, but they didn't. Yes. All right. So, yeah. There you go. Well, that's all coming up on the site. So, look forward to that. Uh, this podcast will be up. Well, actually, by the time you hear this, the podcast will be up, ironically, mm. or not ironically. You'll be listening to this. Yes. If you are listening to this, the podcast is up and live. Uh, okay. That's going to do it. If you've got any questions or comments about anything, about, I don't know, adventure games, crowning poops uh biscuits if you've got any biscuit talk that you want answered <laughs> please send it in please send it to semicast at semiinformatic.com tell us your favorite biscuit and why we should be eating the biscuit or if you've got a funny biscuit story let us know you can also or we will sample your biscuit live on air if you tell us what <laughs> or if you send us a pack of biscuits we will definitely eat on air and just gross out everybody else who's listening yep okay so you can either contact us there or you can send us a message on twitter where you'll find us at semiinformatic the final jelly bean count is four. Just eat them now. Go. I'm just going to wait. <laughs> Time's going now. Oh, no, don't. Oh. <laughs> Didn't mean the sound. Just meant just get them down. Stick them down your throat hole. It doesn't work like that. Oh, okay. I'm going to keep talking. You just keep chewing. You can okay. subscribe to the show if you want to anymore. I don't know. On iTunes where you can also find past episodes. You can also find past episodes on the site which is semiinformatic.com. We've also got a bunch of other videos about other games that we like. While you're on iTunes, if you happen to pop over there, we'd love it if you could take a few seconds to leave a rating and a review. It helps us with the page where we appear in the page views. And we and just, you know what? We just love hearing from you guys. So uh, thank you for listening. It's been fun. Hopefully Anthony's finished his jelly beans by now. Have you? I've talked for long enough that you've swallowed and you've had a drink and you've washed it all down. Yes or no? Yes Well, or I no? ran out of drink halfway through the podcast. I've got one jelly bean left and it's kind of just been pushed up into my cheek at the moment. So. Awesome. Great. Thank you for listening. And just remember that we love that you love doing what you love. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Crowning. <laughs>